Hey guys, it's Chelsea. And this is Grace, and you're listening to Fridays at 5. <laughs> that was awful. Hey guys, welcome to a solo episode of Fridays at 5, the first one ever in history. Sorry, I have to get all situated because I'm sitting on the couch trying to record this. It's Saturday night and I'm just going to do a little solo episode. So I figured we'll do more of like a Q&A and I asked on my Instagram as well as Fridays and Five Instagram. So we're just going to get into it, I guess, because I don't really have any life updates. It's very hard to do a podcast alone. I'm trying to think like what have I done this week? I went to work, of course. Um, the only day I may have done something different would have been Friday. But even so, um, it really wasn't crazy. But today, Saturday, oh my God, the weather is finally nice again. This week, it was freezing all week. So today was the first nice day. I got my car back. If you guys watch my vlogs, you know that I got into a little fender bender. So I had a rental car for about two weeks, but I got my car back today. It was amazing. Such a good feeling. And then Jesse and I went to BJ's, which is like Costco, Sam's Club. It's the same exact thing. It's just a different, you know, company. We joined and then we went so hard. We got so much stuff for the house, but it felt so good because, oh my God, again, if you watch my vlogs, you know, I hate grocery shopping. I hate it. I feel like if you go grocery shopping every week, you are such a strong person. I'm not as strong as you and I can't do it. I hate it. It's not even that like I don't like the grocery store. It's just like I hate the thought of it, like going through every aisle, picking out food. Like I just don't care. I think it's a problem. Like I'll definitely need to get into it as I um, like have kids and whatever. But for now, I fucking hate it. So we joined BJ's and we got a whole bunch of like snacks and just stuff for the house so we won't have to order those things or go to the store to buy them. Like cat litter and I don't know, like we don't use paper plates. We don't use really paper napkins or anything like that. So we don't have to buy any of that stuff. But like, again, cat litter, laundry detergent, We got a whole bunch of seltzers. Jesse and I are big into just seltzer, like Perrier. I like LaCroix. Um, Iced coffee, regular coffee, things that like we would have to go to the store for every single week. And then we got a few things of chicken and some vegetables because I feel like since it's only us two, we can't go hard on the wholesale. Is it wholesale or bulk? Whatever vegetables because we'll just end up with like a million fucking rotted peppers because that's totally something I would do. Does anyone else buy those bags of spinach every week and just not eat them? I mean, I have learned now just to not buy it because I know I'm not going to eat it, but I have been there in my past and I've done it multiple times. But another thing I got was feta cheese. I've made the feta pasta from TikTok multiple times and I really really like it I'm a very picky eater but I think it's really good feta cheese usually is just like okay like it's not anything delicious in particular but when you put it with the tomatoes and a whole bunch of seasonings it's so good so I do one block of feta a whole thing of tomatoes like a box and a half of tomatoes you know you can buy them like in the little plastic carton oil garlic oregano red pepper flakes, 
just pretty much any seasoning you want to do and then I broil it well bake it for like 30 minutes and then I broil it for like 10 and then you like mix it all together and I usually would do like a box and half of pasta in that because it's a lot of tomato and cheese like just for one box of pasta and then Jesse and I can have it for like four meals so it's really good it's a great recipe and okay well if you're like vegan or lactose intolerant you totally can't have it but gluten-free people like Chelsea you totes can because you can just put gluten-free pasta and it's so good anyways that was such a deviation from what I planned on talking about but I have no one to break up my silence here it's just me excuse me while I take a sip of my drink guys my throat's already getting dry here oh my god this is hard Yeah, so that was what I did today. And then I went to Target. And I don't know, like, I just tear it up in Target sometimes. Like, sometimes I go to Target and I get nothing or I get one thing. But, no, I tore it up. I got a lot of stuff for the house, just like little decor things. I got some clothes. Actually, like, in retrospect, I'm thinking about it. I'm like, what the fuck did I even get? I got a lot of stuff for the kitchen. You know, I'm on this like new organization journey. I'm definitely spring cleaning. I spent most of the day cleaning. I'm sure you guys care so much about this, but I spent most of the day cleaning. So when I went to Target, I was really like in the home section. But Target's clothes really are just so amazing. First of all, they're really comfortable, but they're very cute and on trend and they're not expensive, but they're not like really cheap quality either. So if you're looking for a little outfit store to brunch or, you know, casual workwear, they have a great workwear section as too, but today I just couldn't get into it. Like I could not, I'm not trying shit on today. I just couldn't do it. Great clothing though. Target has totally upped their clothes the past year for sure, especially the sweatpants. I mean, that's what I live in. Let's get into the question. So I'm going to go through the Fridays at five Instagram questions first, because obviously this is the Fridays at five podcast. And if you don't follow us on our podcast Instagram, you absolutely should, because I mean, hello, you're listening to the podcast. You might as well follow the Instagram. We're trying to get better with it. I mean, you guys know if you watch my YouTube channel, you follow me on my Instagram. I'm not I'm not good at like planning Instagrams or aesthetically pleasing things. Like I just don't have the eye for that. So the first question is from Lauren and it is, how is Ellie doing? The world needs snow. Ellie is so good. If you don't know, Ellie is our little bunny. Jesse and I adopted a bunny a few months ago now. I think it was like January. She was being fostered. We didn't like buy her or anything. And she is so cute. Her and Peach get along so well. They run around the house and they're just little besties. And she's great. Jessie is like obsessed with her. Next question from Andrew is, who is my favorite Vampire Diaries character? I was going to say Vanderpump Rules. So that's (laughs) what that stutter was. But Vampire Diaries, God, that was just the best show. I wish I could rewatch it like without having seen it. I don't know. Definitely, definitely Damon. I mean, for multiple reasons. I mean, obviously he's just the best looking character in my opinion. I really like him. 
I just think he's an all-around good character. I feel like Stefan has so many personality flaws. I don't know. He's like always... He'll say he's going to do something and then do the other thing. But the other thing is worse. And like Damon will do the same thing. Oh, yeah, sure. I'm going to do A. And then he does B. But like B is actually the better plan. Stefan will say, oh, yeah, I'm going to do A. And then he'll do B. And B is like the worst plan. So definitely Damon. And if we're talking about girl characters I really like Elena I know a lot of people like hate her but she is the main character but I really do like her and I like Bonnie and Caroline as well and Rebecca especially if you watch the originals I love Rebecca and I follow her on Instagram her name is Claire Holt and she's just so cute I love her I'll do a bar prep question this is from Brandy Adaptabar, critical pass, worth it to try to supplement a program. Okay, so as someone who's taken the bar twice, I feel like I can adequately answer this question. I've actually used Adaptabar and critical pass. Although I don't have results from the bar exam the second time around, so, you know, take my advice with a grain of salt. The first go around, I used Barbary and critical pass flashcards. I did not like the flashcards. I thought they would be helpful. Like if I was going somewhere and I was sitting in the car or I was in a waiting room, you know, just flip through them. But I found them very unhelpful because the front would just say like negligence. The whole card would have like an essay on it, basically. I mean, not an essay, but it would have a lot of information. So for me, flashcards, it's like one word on the front. The back is like two or three sentences that I would have memorized. Critical pass flashcards, it has one word on the front or, you know, a phrase, whatever. The back, it's just like so much information. I'm not entirely sure what the point of them is or are. Like, I don't know what they're meant to do, but I didn't find them helpful at all. The second time around, I used Barbary again, but I did not watch any of the lectures. I didn't read the outlines, at least like not on the schedule they gave. I really just used it for the essays, the MPTs, and I guess the outlines too. Like I did read the outlines, just not as they assigned it. And then I used Adaptabar and I loved Adaptabar. I feel like I learned so much from that, especially when it came to the little nuances of laws. I mean, so much of the bar exam is just being able to answer a question. Like it does not come down to whether you understand the topic Sometimes it's just trigger words in a question. And like when you read that word, you're like, oh, the answer is going to be this. And that it, it's like a science almost. It's, it's not always about whether you understand the topic as a whole, because you can understand something and still get those questions wrong. I mean, especially on essay topics when it comes to, oh my God, like secured transactions or... I mean, anything, when it comes to the essays, you could pretty much write whatever you want. And as long as it sounds somewhat decent and you hit those trigger words, like you're getting some points when it comes to the multiple choice, obviously, like you're right or you're wrong. But getting back to the Adaptabar thing, I loved Adaptabar. It's totally worth it. I want to say I spent $350 on Adaptabar. Worth it, worth it, worth it. And if I have to take the bar again, which I'm like praying, manifesting, I fucking don't because I was the worst experience twice. I would still get it again because it was really helpful. And I loved having the app on my phone. I would do the regular exams on my computer, do timed exams, 
um, you know, fully like NCBE licensed question exams. I would do a whole bunch of different things, but I liked having it on my phone as well because some nights if I just was laying in bed anxious about the bar, I would just do a few questions or if I was taking a bath, I would do a few questions. It's just nice to have it on your phone too. Barbary and all that you can get on your phone, but it's not the same. The next question is from, I don't, I can't exactly pronounce this, but Kaling, Kalingad, Kalingad. If you're listening, maybe you know. How do you stay motivated with school, work, and side hustles? Well, luckily right now I don't have school. Thank God. But with work and side hustles, it's definitely hard. I mean, it's sometimes it's really easy and sometimes it's hard. With YouTube, it's like ebbs and flows. I posted about this on Instagram the other day. Sponsorships are very strange in the way that they work. You can go months with just having one or two things, you know, nothing really popping up. And then all of a sudden, like every brand under the sun wants to work with you and they're good brands and it's good opportunities So then you have a lot of work to be doing. I mean, editing a regular video for me is fine. It takes me a half hour or whatever. It's not not work. But when I have to do sponsored content, I do consider that to be work because there's like boxes I have to check. I need to submit it, get it reviewed and approved and whatever. So it does get tiring if I have a few weeks in a row of heavy sponsorship because I'll go to work nine to six. I get home around seven and then I have to do work for YouTube. And the past week and the next like two weeks, I have a lot of sponsored stuff I have to do. So I'm kind of a little worried about it. Um, It does stress me out, but it's so worth it in the end. I mean, the fact that I can make money doing what I do as in YouTube is so great because I would be doing it either way. I would be doing YouTube whether or not I made money, but the fact that I can make money doing it makes it, I don't want to say better, but you know, it's always nice to get some sort of reward from what you're doing. I love the friendships I've made from YouTube and I love talking to everyone in the comments and that stuff, but the fact that I do get paid from it does obviously help. I mean, I have student loans. Jesse and I have bills. I mean, we're full adults. So any extra income is always appreciated. So it's, I love it. And I feel so, so lucky to be able to do this alongside my job. So I love both of it. It is a lot of work. I'm definitely, I'm a stressed gal, I would say, but I feel like I handle it fine. But now I'm going to go on to my lipsticks and lattes account because I feel like there's more questions on there, which leads me to believe you guys don't all follow me on Fridays at five. So let's see what is on here. (laughs) I love this username. I won't say the whole thing because I don't know like if this is like your little like a non-secret account, whatever, but bitch cake said, how do you feel about getting results for the bar this time around? I am shitting my pants about it. So I feel like I've talked about this before. Maybe it was on an Instagram live or something, but okay. The first time around I took it and I left it feeling like not good, but I didn't feel awful. 
and I thought if I had to choose, I thought I passed. It was very hard. The multiple choice especially were very strange. I felt the essays in MPT were easier on the October versus February, but the multiple choice were absolutely out of this world. But if I had to choose, I definitely thought I passed. So when I found out I failed, I was really, really upset, but I was like, okay, I'll take it again. Like, obviously that fucking sucks, but I'll take it again. This time around, it's like, I feel there's so much, it's not even pressure. It's just embarrassment or something. If I failed again, it's like, do I deserve to be an attorney? Do I continue? I, I, if I fail twice, like, is it worth it? I don't know. And if anyone else in the world asked me that, I would say absolutely take the bar again. You know, you went to law school, you did all this stuff, you deserve it, you can do it. But for me, of course, I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if I deserve to do it again. But also another thing is that the July bar exam is online again. And I do think a big hurdle for me is the online part of it all. The multiple choice, I don't care about. The online multiple choice to me, it's like makes so much more sense than paper. But the essays and the MPT online are so, so, so hard. And I don't want to freak anyone out who's taking it in July. But it does suck. I mean, you can't highlight. You can't flag things. You can highlight, okay. But once you see the exam soft set up, it's very strange. It makes it more complicated and it makes that hour and a half, let's, you know, for the MPT, it just makes it like almost like an hour because you're worried about the format and the setup. But to answer your question, um, I, I don't feel any better about it this time around. I really think I feel worse. I think the February exam was extremely, extremely difficult on all aspects. I mean, the MPTs for me, they were fine, but I found the essays to be very, very difficult. I had a very hard time crunch and the multiple choice, I mean, 25 of them were experimentals, which means they're not counted, but you don't know which 25 they were. And I feel like 190 of them were experimental. Like there were some crazy, crazy questions on there that I have never seen before. And at this point, I've probably done around 5,000 multiple choice considering, you know, I studied for the exam twice. So maybe it was more like 4,000, but either way, about 4,000 questions. Some questions on the bar in February, I have never seen something like it like a topic I have never seen referenced before. So I can only pray that was an experimental question. But I do feel like this time around, they focused a lot on certain topics. I can't really say much because they don't release their questions. So I'm not allowed to talk about the questions, which is why I'm being so vague. But they focused a lot on topics that they say that they don't. So I don't know. I feel like this time around was just a lot different than I was expecting. And uh, we'll see. So when I find out, I'll let you know. (laughs) Anyways, sorry, that was a long fucking answer. Next question is from It's Minoga. I probably butchered that as well. But the question is just about student loans and how do I handle them? So yes, I do have student loans. Um, Yeah, I feel like 
I don't want to say everyone because I know a lot of people don't have them, but it's very common in the United States if you went to college, but especially if you went to graduate school and anything beyond that, you probably have a student loan or two. I don't, I don't, I don't want to say I don't think about them, but I just factor them into my bills. I mean, I just think of it as another bill and that's literally it. I mean, it is so dependent on so many other circumstances. So it's really hard to give advice on them because it, it does depend on how many student loans you have and your interest rates. And are they all federal or do you have private loans and who are you paying them to? And what's your job? What's your income? It, it is very determinative based on all those factors. But for me, I just factor it into my monthly income and it just you know, I pay it every month. That's simply it. But also it's deferred right now. I I think it's the end of September. So I want to say like October 1st is when you have to start paying them back. I'm not entirely sure on that. And they're not collecting interest. So if that helps you guys like to save your money for the next few months, put it away, you can do that because you're not accruing interest. And that's like the main thing with student loans is the interest is what kills you. I mean, with any credit, the interest is what kills you. So the fact that it's not accruing interest is really the most exciting part of that entire (laughs) student loan deference. All right. The next question is more about YouTube and I suppose influencing, if you will. But it's from Tina and it's, do you prefer the podcast as a platform as to YouTube or Instagram? It's strange to me because I'm so used to YouTube where I can see all of your comments and your reactions to the video right under the video. And to me, that makes so much more sense. But with podcasting, I post an episode or whatever. I don't even know what it's called. I post a, is it an episode? I guess it's an episode. Yeah. So Chelsea and I post an episode and we don't necessarily know what the reactions are to that specific episode unless you guys comment on our Instagram because there are ratings and stuff on Apple and Spotify, but those aren't necessarily always directly according. Oh my God. I'm just like throwing words out there. It doesn't, it doesn't stop. It doesn't correlate necessarily to the episode that they just watched unless they say in the comment. So I kind of, I think I prefer YouTube as a platform because I can see everyone's reactions and comments and thoughts right under the video to that specific video. But I do like podcasting because I feel like it's more of a stream of consciousness and it's not as edited Obviously, I I barely edit these episodes if I edit it at all. You know, it's it's very raw, which is what I like about podcasting. It's literally just me and Chelsea having a conversation for an hour, and most of the comments and messages we get when people are saying like, "Oh, you, I like the podcast" and whatever, it's because they feel like they're hanging out with us, they're in a room with us, and that's what we like about it. Because the podcasts that I enjoy at least, and I know Chelsea enjoys these kind of podcasts too, it's when it's just sort of like a conversation and you are listening to it. And that's what I like. I like to just listen to other people talk. I don't listen to radio shows anymore. When I drive to work, I totally used to listen to like Z100 every morning before podcasts were really popular. 
But now I never, ever listen to the radio, but I love to hear other people's conversations and thoughts on, you know, pop culture or the news or whatever. So I love podcasts for that reason. So I think YouTube and podcasting have amazing benefits, but they're just completely different platforms. As for Instagram, I love Instagram stories. I love watching them, posting them, whatever, but I am so bad about posting to Instagram. And that's something I've always wanted to get better at. I've said it for years and I'm just not a good photo taker. Pictures of me don't really turn out good, (laughs) in my opinion. And I just feel like I'm not good at taking pictures of things. But it also comes down to the fact that I'm somewhat of a perfectionist. I mean, not like in a crazy way, but I don't like to post things to Instagram that are just so unedited. And it's not like I edit my pictures that much. You know, I'll throw a filter on it, but that's pretty much the extent. But I don't like to just take a picture and throw it in there. But I wish I could. Like, I love following people's Instagrams where it's just their life raw instead of so many styled, styled photo shoots and outfit pictures and pictures of their, you know, bag or their coffee table or whatever it is. And it's just like so clearly not just the way their coffee table looks. They styled their coffee table to look that way for the photo. And you know, that's fine too. I do like to see that for like house inspiration and stuff. But I do wish I could post to my Instagram more just pictures of my daily life, just random things I see and like. But I don't know. I go to post it and I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if I like this. I feel if I did it for a while, a few weeks, then I would get used to it and like it. So let me know if that's the kind of Instagram account you prefer. Definitely let me know because I would love to do that. But I feel like no one likes that stuff anymore. I feel like all the Instagram accounts that are super popular are very, very stylized and almost editorial in a way that it like they could be in vogue like they literally could just be a vogue centerfold or whatever and it's not a bad thing I love those accounts but I mean I could totally never do that I am not artistic enough at all that takes some serious talent and anyone who says it doesn't like you just don't even understand the whole concept because it takes so much talent and I lack it in such a wild wild way The next question comes from, oops, I scrolled away. One second. K, K girl read, K girl read. Am I happy as a lawyer working full time? You seem stressed on YouTube lately. Well, thank you for watching my YouTube videos, first of all, but I am so happy with my job. I have worked, you know, plenty of jobs slash internships in my lifetime, And this is truly the best job I've ever had. And I love my coworkers. My boss literally couldn't be any better. I love my job. And while, of course, every job has benefits and negatives and whatever, you know, sometimes I am stressed about work. But honestly, I really feel like I can leave work and be fine when I get home. You know, most of the time, obviously, there's times where I come home from work and I'm completely stressed out about work or whatever. But mainly if I seem stressed on YouTube, it's probably because I come home from work and I have like my own work to do for my like 
you know, quote unquote side hustle, you know, whatever, go boss, boss babes. Uh, it's, you know, it's not as fun when I say it and Chelsea's not here to laugh with me. So it's like, I don't know. Like I'm laughing. Are you guys laughing? No. If I'm stressed, it's because I come home from work and I feel like I have more stuff to do. But it's not a bad thing. Like I I do enjoy doing those things. It's just a little stressful. So am I as happy and upbeat as I was, I don't know, when I was unemployed for that like two weeks in between the bar and when I started this job? I mean, actually, I think I'm happier. I felt like I had no purpose. I finished the bar, I think it was like the 6th of October. I think I took it the 5th and 6th. And then I started my job on the 21st and we moved on the 6th. So the only, I think I was off for like two weeks, basically. And, you know, it's all fine and dandy for a few days. And then all of a sudden you're like, well, now what? Well, now what? Like I didn't have anyone to hang out with. Everyone's at work. What was I going to do? Just go shopping every day? Like there wasn't that much to buy. So I, I didn't like not working. And I'm sure in the future I would, I would love that. But for now, like I, we don't have kids and whatever. I love working and I love being busy. So if I seem stressed, it's honestly probably not even stressed. It's just that I'm tired. I'm very, very exhausted during the week. I come home from work and I'm about to literally fall asleep. So if I seem stressed, like I'm, I'm probably a little stressed. Yes. But mainly I'm mostly exhausted which is pretty normal. If you guys work a nine to five, nine to six or whatever you work, I'm sure you know the feeling. The next question is from Erica Young and it is, would you ever go back and get your PhD? Would you ever want to teach law? And this is something I've talked about a lot on YouTube, but probably Instagram live more so. I feel like I talk about a lot of things on Instagram live and just assume everyone knows it, but maybe not. I have always said, maybe not always, but you know, from the most recent part of my adult history, said I want to go back to school eventually and get a PhD. I love school. And that's such a nerdy thing to say, I suppose, but I really do love learning and I love school. I love going to classes and being taught things and writing and learning. And I do enjoy taking tests, not the bar exam, but other tests. I definitely want to go back to school and get a PhD, but I've said this before, it wouldn't be until way, way later in life, like upwards of 20 years from now, most likely. I I cannot see myself ever stopping working to go back to school right now, just because a PhD really does take a lot of time. And you could do it part-time for sure. I know plenty of people do that. But I just don't think I want to do that right now. But I do want to do it eventually. I would love to get a PhD in sociology or criminology. My bachelor's degree is in criminal justice. So I took a few sociology courses in undergrad and I took a lot of criminal justice. I mean, obviously classes, but a lot of them were about policing and alternatives to policing. And I took a lot of psychology courses And I just feel like sociology is a good combination of all of those things. And if I wanted to be a law professor, well, first of all, to be a law professor, all you really need is a JD. So I wouldn't have to go back to school to be a law professor. And I don't have to go back to school to be a college professor either. You, it's not even like that you need a doctorate, but I think you kind of do. So I do have a doctorate technically. A JD is a doctorate. I'm just, you know, you wouldn't call a lawyer a 
doctor, you know, but it is a doctorate degree. So I don't have to go back to school, but I do want to go back to school to get a PhD in sociology. And I would like to be a sociology professor. So whether I would do, you know, some undergrad courses in law or, you know, a criminology course or sociology, any of that, I would totally love to teach. My undergraduate professors truly changed my life. There's two professors specifically that stick out and one of them taught pretty much all of my criminal justice courses. So like intro to criminal justice, criminal law. I took a course called Controversial Criminal Cases. That was really interesting. And a few other courses I took with her. And then all of my policing courses I took with another professor who I think he used to be maybe a police officer or he trained police officers, something like that. But both of them were doctorates and they were just so, so intelligent and just really changed the way I saw things, especially when it came to the world and other people and politics. I mean, I loved college for a multitude of reasons, but the one thing that I loved college for, which is why I think it's a good experience, it's not because, oh, you can get a job after college, because that doesn't even count. Like, honestly, in this economy and in this world, you don't have to go to college to get a good job. You really don't. But what I enjoyed about college was that I learned so much about the way the world works and about other cultures and other people without traveling the world. I just feel like I, my eyes were opened to so many other things and people. And it wasn't that just my professors were teaching that, but they were. But it was just I met so many other people I don't think I would have ever met or encountered in my day-to-day life had I not gone to college. I mean, I don't know what I would have done had I not gone to college. I didn't have like an alternative plan, but I really feel like college taught me a lot about the world and it's it wasn't intended. It was like sort of a side effect and I really liked that. I don't even know where this question started off, girl. I just took a full Michael Scott on you. I just took you on my ride. So yeah, would I ever want to get a PhD in perf- be a professor. Yes. And yes, that's definitely my end goal of all of this, of my whole education and career. I want to be a professor. That's my end goal. The next question I'm going to answer is from, sorry, I scrolled a little, Gabby Alfaro. And it was, what was your favorite part of law school? So the last semester of my law school was total shit show because we were on Zoom. And I definitely wouldn't say my first year was my favorite, but my second year wasn't my favorite really either. So none of them like really shine as being a favorite. But I will say I loved my trial advocacy course and trial advocacy is basically where you do litigation. So you practice whether you do a civil or criminal case, it really doesn't make much of a difference. But you learn how to do a, you know, trial And I loved that course. I do love litigation that will always have a place in my heart. Do love to litigate. But I loved that class. It was a very small class. I mean, they keep it small since you all have to like get up and argue. It definitely kept me on my toes. You had to show up every week and have something to, you know, present. I loved that. And I also loved my advanced appellate advocacy course. So basically your first year of law school, you take a legal writing course. And then in your second semester, 
you continue that legal writing course, but you usually have a moot court competition. And moot court competitions, at least the one we did in our school, was a appellate hearing. So you basically have like 12 minutes to present your argument and the quote unquote judges will ask you questions. You respond, you may get rebuttal time, and then they choose like a winner or whatever. And basically you just get graded and you see how you do and you rank out and there's like a top, you know, 30 a top whatever the fuck there is I, mean, I guess it depends on your school I did that course and if you place in the top something or other I don't know I think it was like the top 30 or top 50 you can take advanced appellate advocacy so I placed in whatever it was and I took it and then I basically spent an entire semester writing a brief so an appellate brief which can be pretty lengthy But our topic was First Amendment rights as a public employee. And just the argument itself was pretty interesting. But I liked being able to compete with people who really enjoyed the same thing as I did. You wouldn't have taken advanced appellate advocacy if you didn't like to, you know, have oral arguments. And everyone obviously did because they were in the class. And I really liked it. It was very fun for me. I still love doing that stuff to this day. I don't do that much slash at all with what I do right now. But that doesn't negate the fact that I still love what I do. It's just you can have multiple interests. But I do love a good oral argument. It's still like very nerve wracking and stressful. I mean, I can't imagine doing that as an attorney. Like you have so much riding on that. But it still is so exciting and I love reading and researching and I love to write and prepare arguments. And I just love when you get into that writing mode and you're writing and all of a sudden like things click in your brain and you're writing this essay or, you know, whatever you're writing. And it's just it's so powerful to feel all those thoughts in your head connect into one coherent you know, argument. And that's basically what it is in moot court, except you sort of memorize it. I can still to this day recite what my 1L argument was because I did it so many times in my head. It's so funny. But those are the things that you'll never, ever forget in law school. Like I guarantee you, if you're a 1L right now, you're never going to forget what you're arguing about. You're just never going to do it. I think we argued about in my first semester when we did our regular moot court, it was about like the initial aggressor, initial aggressor laws. And I believe, I don't know, there was like some sort of subway brawl, brawl, brawl. I know everyone on my YouTube judges me because they say draw weird. Apparently draw isn't the way to say it. It's drawer. So I'm sure I say brawl, a brawl, a brawl. That's what I'm trying to get at, a brawl. (laughs) There was a subway argument let's say and someone pushed someone and then someone pushed back and whether or not you can claim self-defense if you're the initial aggressor that's what our 1l moot court competition was in the first semester and the last question i'm going to answer is from may ragons i absolutely butchered that as well sorry but Has the whole law school bar exam process caused you a depression? You're too well and you're sad. Definitely. I mean, totally the bar exam for sure caused so many mental health issues. I mean, the bar exam in and of itself is just awful. 
taking it twice, terrible. I mean, the first time I took it, I I hated it. And I was like, I can never do this again. I remember like crying to Jesse. And I'm not really a crier at all. Crying to Jesse. I can never do this again. If I don't pass, I don't care. I never want to take this test again. I hate it. Like I hate my life. I I don't want to do it. Like I just don't care. I'd never want to do this again. Well, clearly I didn't pass and I had to do it again. But I pretty much felt the exact same way the second time around. I never felt in law school as bad as I did about the bar exam. Like I was never as depressed as I was when I was studying for the bar in law school. I definitely had some times in law school where it's really rough. Specifically, my 2L year was pretty rough with, you know, law review, internships, jobs. It it was a rough year. And your 2L year, you're really focused on getting that internship for that summer going into 3L or your job for your 3L. I mean, sometimes you already know what placement you're going to have. So it's a very stressful year. Lots of writing on it. So if you're in law review, you're already worried about making e-board and your internships and your, I'm sh- you know, you're probably doing a moot court class or a trial ad class or just, you know, something that requires work other than just reading. So it's just a stressful year. And that was definitely the year I felt the most stressed. And I specifically remember I filled some vlog where I had all these meetings with career services and then, you know, my internship director or whatever and law review. It was just a very stressful year. I think that was probably the worst. My 3L year was, you know, it was fine. It was a weird year because of coronavirus. But 1L obviously sucked. Everyone's 1L year sucks. 2L was the most stressful. 3L was fine. And I think that's how it goes. 1L, they scare you to death. 2L, they work you to death. And 3L, you die of boredom or something. I don't know what it is. But 3L for us was fucking weird because of coronavirus. And actually, as I was finishing my sentence before, I thought of the fact that I took advanced appellate advocacy my 2L year. So we didn't have our moot court competition until the end well, sort of like the middle of our second semester of law school. So in that, then you place into advanced appellate advocacy. Then you take that your 2L year. So I misspoke earlier. I have all my semesters mixed up. It must have been a while ago. But yeah, you take legal writing your first semester. You take legal writing two or whatever it's called your second semester. In your second semester of law school, you're going to have a moot court competition And then in my school, if you placed in whatever, the higher rank of something or other, you could take advanced appellate advocacy your third semester. So 2L first semester. So just to clear that up, because I just realized that was entirely wrong. And as I said last week, I spread a lot of fake news. I'm always reporting the wrong news. So I wanted to clear that up before I ended this and spread some more fake news. But on that note, I'm going to add the podcast. It's actually really hard to podcast alone. It's only like 42 minutes, but I feel like I've been talking forever because I have no one to laugh at my jokes. You know, I need Chelsea to laugh at my jokes, basically is what I'm saying. (laughs) But I hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode. Sorry if it was just me and you guys are here for Chelsea. 
but you will be getting a solo episode from Chelsea. So make sure you follow us on our Instagram, Fridays.at5, and then Chelsea's Instagram, which is Chelsea McNulty underscore, because when Chelsea does her solo episode, you can submit your questions on our Instagram, hers or mine, and ask her any questions you have about nursing, nursing school, her life, all of that. And she will be here to answer your questions. I feel like it'll be a good way to switch up our episodes and get some more focused episodes because when it's just me and Chelsea, I mean, God, we could talk about a brick wall for three hours and it wouldn't make a difference. But if you want some more focused episodes, whether that be on medicine or law, it's probably better for us to do solos just because when Chelsea gets deep into medicine, like I have no idea what she's talking about. She's so much smarter than me. I have not a clue what she's ever talking about. (laughs) So it makes sense, you know, and if you guys are interested in law, you would listen to mine. You know, it just makes sense that way. And then eventually one day we'll have some guests and stuff, but with coronavirus and all that stuff, it's kind of hard. And you guys know we're still technologically underdeveloped in that it's very hard for me to figure this machinery out. I don't think that's a secret for anyone, but... I hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode, our first solo ever. As I said, make sure you follow our Instagrams. My Instagram is lipsticksndlattes. They're always linked in the show notes. And um, that's it. I'll see you guys next week.